right. Welcome back to Becoming Better Podcast. This is your host, Hope Moquin, and I am so glad that you chose to tune in today. And yes, I will be saying that at the beginning of every single episode because it really does mean so much to me and it matters to me that you're here. It is Easter weekend. Today is Saturday. I'm a little bit late on recording this because it has just been a busy week with all of the things Easter coming up. Somewhere in this past week, I know on social media, you have probably seen the phrase, Sunday is coming. Throughout the year, for whatever reason, I don't ever remember that. But then every time Easter comes around and I'm reminded that Sunday is coming, it is so refreshing. It encourages me so much because I know back then on that day, whenever Jesus was crucified, whenever death did occur, nobody knew at that time that Sunday was coming. Nobody knew at that time that three days later, everything would be changed forever. But we get the privilege and we get the opportunity to know what happens in the end. We get to know what actually had happened after those three days. And so whatever you're going through, whatever trial, whatever heartache, whatever confusion, frustration, whatever it is you're going through, I just got to tell you, Sunday's coming. Sunday is coming resurrection is happening. And so maybe there are some things in your life that have to come to an end for life to happen again. And that's not a bad thing. It's a holy thing. It's a good thing. And it's a thing that's going to propel you into your purpose. And so I don't know who needs to be reminded, but hey, Sunday is coming. I am specifically excited for this week and next week of the podcast, part one and part two of all things single talking dating. We are going to dive into numerous different topics and just everything that revolves these three areas of singleness, talking, and dating. Because for whatever reason, in this generation, talking has become such a big thing. And I remember when I was single, I despised the talking stage because it was just so confusing on so many different levels. I was inspired, if you will, to do a part one and two of all of these things because next week, my dad is going to be getting married to one of the best women I have ever met in my life. And I am just so ecstatic. It is one of the biggest miracles and gifts that I've ever seen in my life. And I'm not even the one who's getting married. It's him. But for those of you that know me, my life has been filled with a lot of different events throughout my childhood and throughout my adulthood. But my dad has been my very best friend. We have stuck by each other in every season, regardless of what it was. We have been through hell and back I feel like it's been multiple times. And so now to be able to see the sweet gift that God has given him and just the redemption in his life and the redemption in his love story is the most beautiful thing that I think I have ever witnessed in my life. And I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but I've seen God do a lot in my life. And there are so many things I will forever be grateful for. I've seen amazing, incredible, like only God things in my life. But still, when I look at everything, Because of the sensitivity and the severity of the situations that my family went through, I genuinely think that I would classify this as the greatest miracle that I've seen God do in our lives is for him to, oh, I'm getting emotional, but for him to fall in love with a woman who loves him for him um, and nothing else and for God to actually do what I prayed for him to do. But it was like one of those prayers that like I would pray But there was like my human doubt of like, I don't really know if this is going to happen. And I hate to say it, but it's true. I had my human doubt. And for God to do it exceedingly and abundantly more than I could even imagine, more than he could even imagine. 
it is just absolutely mind blowing to me and whoever and whoever's listening it doesn't matter what age you are it doesn't matter what your history looked like it doesn't matter if you've been married one time two times three times that god is in the business of redeeming god is in the business of creating new things god is in the business of using everything that the enemy meant for harm and turning it around and using it for good God is in the business of using your mess to be your ministry. And I know how churchy that sounds, but it is so true. Whatever mess you had in your life, if you let God into it, he will use it for a ministry to help other people. You know, that's why I'm here today, because my life has been a whole big mess. My life has had a lot of messes, and so now here I am just using it to help other people and just to share what I've been through and what I've learned and what I've experienced and to shed light and truth to other people so hopefully that they won't make the same mistakes that I had that I had made and that we can all collectively come together to notice our weak areas, to notice the things that we don't want to do, and we can become better so that we can become the example we might not have had or that we can become what we wish we had. I just got off on a little tangent because my dad just took me in a different direction, but I will touch on their story. I think in the next podcast, because I'm pre-recording these because I'm going on vacation for my dad's wedding and in a combination for my one year anniversary, and I am going to be MIA. Ain't nobody going to be able to contact me because I'm peacing out. But single talking dating part one, let's talk about it. I'm going to start this off hot directed towards my singles and those who are in a talking stage or maybe even getting into a dating stage or who are in a dating stage right now and you're having a little bit of doubts. First and foremost, if it is distracting you more than it's developing you, it's got to go. I know. I know. I told you we're coming in hot. If it's distracting you more than it is developing you, it has to go. And if you just thought of something that's distracting you, there is a good chance that could be the very thing that gotta go. I know this might sound elementary, but to be distracted is to not be focused on what you know you need to be focused on. To be distracted is to be prevented of giving something your full attention. To be distracted is to be ineffective. And in your singleness season of waiting, Waiting is not this thing that is inactive where you sit on your butt and you do nothing and you wait for your Prince Charming to show up at your doorstep and knock on your door with um, a, a dozen of roses. That's like not real life. Waiting is not inactive. Waiting actually should be one of the most active seasons of your life of preparing, of pruning, of self-development, of becoming more self-aware. There is so much that goes into waiting that is not just sitting around twirling your thumbs and hoping that you meet somebody. To be distracted is to be ineffective. Hebrews 12, one of my favorite verses in the Bible that has encouraged me so much throughout my life is one of the first verses that I want to say that I have memorized, but hey, let's be honest. I really don't have it memorized, but like I know like the gist of it, you know, and I can pull it up in the Bible when I need to because we're just being honest out here. Hebrews 12, it says to run our race and to fix our eyes on Jesus. The original text definition of this word fix, it means to look and to never look away. To fix your eyes on Jesus, to look, to lock eyes with Jesus and to never walk away. Before it says this, the verse tells us to lay aside anything that ought to hinder us. So before we can actually fix our eyes and never look away, we actually have to lay down anything 
that would be distracting us because if you're distracted, that means you're ineffective. And if you're distracted, that means you cannot give your full attention to something. And if you want a lasting, maintaining, healthy relationship for my Christians out there, that means putting God first. That means fixing your eyes on Jesus, laying aside anything that keeps you from doing that, and running your race effectively. Now listen, I'm not your Holy Spirit, and so I can't tell you exactly what it is that might have come to your mind or what it is that could be distracting you. Maybe it's your social media apps. Maybe it's a specific friend group. That's a really hard one. I know that some of us want to just have a lot of fun with our friends, but sometimes I talked about, that's why I opened up this whole podcast series of your friends because your friends matter so much in your life. If you didn't listen to that, please go back and listen to it because you might need some new friends in your life who are going to help you and push you towards your purpose. And so your social media apps might be distracting you. Your friend group might be a distraction. Your boyfriend or your girlfriend might be a distraction. Hello, that's a really real one that a lot of people want to avoid. But I'm telling you right now that your boyfriend or your girlfriend could be distracting you from your purpose and be distracting you from the call of God on your life. Maybe it's your gaming system. I'm not going to talk about that too much because I have my own thoughts and opinions on that. But maybe it's your gaming system. Maybe it is a TV series. I'm sorry, Netflix. I'm so guilty of that. Um, Speaking of, I don't know if I should promote this. There is a show on Netflix called The Night Agent. And it is hands down one of the best shows I have watched. And yeah, I'm going to be honest. I, Me and my husband binge watched that. We stayed up way later than we should have been wa- binge watching that because it was so good. And so you know what? I should send an invoice to Netflix for that because that was just a free promotion. Night Agent, such a good show. Anyways, there are so many different things that only you can answer that could be a distraction for you. But if something is distracting you more than it's developing you, do something about it. Like, yes, it's good that we can acknowledge it and it's good that we can point out and recognize what it is that's distracting us, but that's not where it stops. Even in Hebrews 12, it says right before it says, fix your eyes on Jesus. Right before it says, lay aside anything that ought to hinder you. And so there is a two-part thing that goes into it. Yes, acknowledge it and then do something about it. The longer you stay distracted, the longer it's going to take for you to get to where you want to go. The longer it's going to take for you to be who you know you're called to be. You have the ability to say enough is enough. Now let's make a change. Knowing you have the ability to do that, you first have to have the desire to want to do that. You have to have the desire to want to become the best version of yourself. You have to have the desire to want to become better. You get to choose the things, people, places, entertainment that's gonna develop you more than it is distract you. Care about yourself to choose wisely. Care about the people who you're gonna encounter one day to choose wisely. To be distracted is to be ineffective. Okay, Hope, what does that have to do with singleness? What does that have to do with dating? What does that have to do with this talking stage that is a really big thing in today's generation? Okay, well, let me tell you. There's a good chance that you have a little list in the back of your head of the kind of person that you want to date and the kind of person that you want to be in a relationship with. Here is a cute little newsflash, just in case you've never heard. You cannot expect somebody to have or possess what you yourself do not have or possess. You cannot expect somebody to have their crap together um, if you don't have your crap together. And maybe that's a little vulgar, but like I said, this is an honest place and this is how I talk. And so this is what we're going to get. You cannot expect, for example, you cannot expect somebody to be super active in the gym and be super physically fit 
if you don't do that and you sit on your couch all day long and you eat potato chips, but you want somebody who's super fit, who eats super clean? Yeah, that doesn't work. You want somebody who's so dedicated to God and somebody who goes to church and somebody who reads their Bible and makes time to have their devotions every day, but you haven't touched your Bible on your shelf in about five months? It does not work like that. When you are single and even when you're talking and truthfully, even when you're dating, you're still really classified as a single person until there is a ring on your finger. Even then, that doesn't really mean anything because I had a ring on my finger and I called off my wedding two months before it was supposed to happen. So scratch all that. Until you both have rings on your finger and you have said, I do, you've kissed at the altar and you have signed your marriage certificate. Before then, ain't nothing is promised, okay? So you are focused on yourself and your relationship with God. And all of that fits into this season of waiting. Even when you have met somebody and you are talking, you are still somewhat in that season of waiting because you are not in a covenant of one with another person yet. And so in the waiting season, whether it's with you or whether it is with someone you're talking to or dating, your priority is investing in yourself and your relationship with God. Your priority is to work out the crap in your life that needs to be worked out. And so if things are distracting you from really growing and developing into the person that you know you want to be, that's why it matters. Yeah, sure. You hear all that stuff. And like, I mean, I say it too. Singleness really is a gift. I wish that I would have understood how much of a gift it was when I was single. Internally, there were still so many moments of like, oh, I just want to be with somebody or like, I don't like being alone. That was something that I really had to work out with like my counselor and just myself. I forgot where I was even going with that. But singleness is a gift. Oh, yes. You hear a lot of people of like, when you're single, like just live it up. That is your time to do whatever you want to do. It's your time to be whoever you want to be. You don't have anybody nagging you about what you're doing or where you're going or anything like that. Like freedom, singleness is freedom. Okay, yeah, sure, you can view it that way. Or you can view singleness as a beautiful time of purification between you and God to become the best version of yourself that your spouse will get to experience. I know we've all heard it a million times, but dating and singleness is not about finding the right one. It really is about becoming the right one. And that's why all of these things play such a big factor into it. Bottom line is this, your singleness doesn't have to suck. It doesn't. It can if you view it in a way that is negative. Being single will absolutely suck if you view it as being single being a bad thing or being single means there's something wrong with you or being single means that no one's ever going to like you or being single means you're never going to find true love. Um, Yeah, if you have that mentality, it's going to suck and it's going to be really hard and you're going to be really sad and you're going to be really down on yourself and you're probably going to be a little bit insecure sometimes. That's why you got to switch the narrative of my singleness isn't because God is withholding something from me. My singleness isn't because God wants me to be sad. My singleness isn't because something's wrong with me. My singleness isn't because I'm too messed up or I have done too many wrong things. Call it cheesy all you want, but maybe you could switch the narrative and start saying, wow, I'm still single because maybe God still wants all of my attention. And maybe he knows that I'm not really ready to be in a relationship because my priorities want to be in order. Maybe I'm still single because there's still so many parts of God's heart that he wants to show me that 
maybe I wouldn't be in the position to hear and to listen and to experience if I was invested in somebody else at this time. Maybe I'm still single because there's still some things I I need to get worked out in me before I meet the right person that God has for me. Maybe I'm still single because there's things about myself that I haven't discovered yet that I know I'm going to be thankful for when I do meet the right person. Maybe perhaps my singleness isn't a burden like I thought. And maybe perhaps my singleness is the greatest gift that I have in my life right now because it's just me and God. And in the end, that's really all that matters anyways. There's this book called Prayers That Avail Much by Jermaine Copeland, and it is a three-volume book. I have the third volume, and I've had the first volume, but I don't really know what happened to the first volume. Anyways, Jermaine Copeland is this amazing woman, and she has formed these books that are prayers, and they have all these different topics. Every prayer is not just like her words of saying like, God, like this is what I pray today. She has beautifully articulated and formed together these prayers that are straight scripture from the Bible. It's all verses from the Bible. And so when you're praying these prayers for these different topics, you're not just praying random thoughts and words, but you're praying actual scripture from the word of God over your life. And when I was single, I really feel like that book shaped me through and through and in and out. It helped me so much. And in the topics, I had volume three during this time. And there's a few different prayers on preparing yourself for marriage and navigating singleness, finding a spouse and finding a mate. I've talked about this so many times, but what really shook me up and just opened my eyes to some things was that all of the prayers regarding marriage and all of the prayers regarding finding a spouse and finding a mate had nothing to do about the other person. Every single prayer was God bring out these things in me. God, prepare my heart. God, show me the things in me that I need to work on. They were all pointed towards the inner work on ourselves and literally had nothing to do with the other person. And so when I say that singleness is more about becoming the right person rather than finding the right person, that's so true because naturally you are going to attract what you are. And I know that's a really hot conversation that some people aren't ready for, but you are going to attract what you are. And I'm saying this out of love, I promise. This is directly for Christian women, the ladies who classify themselves as Christians and as followers of Christ. If that's not you, then this isn't for you, okay? So don't you come at me if this isn't for you. For my Christian women, if the only people who are sliding in your DMs and the only people that are reaching out to you or flirting with you in person or trying to get with you are all really negative types of guys that you do not want. I want you to ask yourself, how am I portraying myself on the outside? How am I portraying myself on social media? Because you are going to attract what you put out. And so if your DMs are flooded with all the same types of people that you don't want or that you don't like, what are you putting out? My camera died halfway through my last sentence. And so if this is going in another direction, sorry, but I did not go back and listen to where I ended. And so here we are. Something that has been so popular in this generation of Gen Z is the talking stage where you guys like each other or you think you like each other, but you're not official. And so you're not boyfriend and girlfriend yet. 
but you're not talking to other people. And so you're just talking to each other, but you don't really know if you want to commit or you don't really know if he really likes you. And so it's just the idea of this talking stage where two people find each other attractive and they're getting to know each other. And so they are talking. But if the other person went to go talk to somebody else and it wouldn't necessarily be considered cheating because they're not official. And so it is the talking stage is a cop out to commitment and nobody can convince me otherwise. And let me hit real quick on the truth about the talking stage, specifically for my girls, which 90% of my audience is women. And so, hey, I love that. I seriously, I love that so much. If you're a guy or a boy who's listening, I still like you too, but I'm all for my women. And so, hey girl. But anyways, we're going to hit on the truth about the talking stage and really talk about the difference between a boy and a man. A boy who wants to talk because he doesn't want to commit will talk to you when it's convenient for him. A man who wants to talk to see if there's compatibility there will talk to you intentionally and be attentive during conversation. A boy who wants to talk because he doesn't want to commit will tell you that a label doesn't make any type of difference. A man who wants to talk to see if there's compatibility there will have open conversations about the future to see if your paths will align. A boy who wants to talk because he doesn't want to commit will make you feel like a second choice. A man who wants to talk to see if there's compatibility there will be straightforward about where he is at and what he is looking for. A boy who wants to talk but doesn't want to commit will leave you questioning your worth. A man who wants to talk to see if there's compatibility there will make you feel like you're being chosen as a priority, being official or not. A boy who wants to talk but who doesn't want to commit will tell you all the reasons why making it official won't work right now. A man who wants to talk to see if there's compatibility there will not string you along and keep you questioning. The biggest difference here is just because somebody values your company doesn't mean that they value you. You are deserving of clear communication, intentionality, and respect. Listen, I'll cut to the point. Here is the motto for 2023 and all the years to come. If there is no clear direction, then there is no date, period. No direction, no date. No intentionality, no date. If you're wondering if he's interested in you, no date. Clarity is what we're looking for. And if it's not there, then you got to go. My last talking stage was with somebody right before I met my husband. (laughs) I was actually still talking to him when my husband first slid in my DMs at the time. And I was already at the point where I knew that I was going to like officially call things off with this guy because I had seeped back into the pattern of trying to convince myself that this guy really liked me and that all of these red flags um, weren't red flags when they were actually really, really, really big red flags. And it threw me off so much because it seemed like such the perfect fit for me. But I had met this guy on Hinge because I was on dating apps at the time. And when we matched, he messaged me and immediately asked for my phone number. And after I gave him my number, 15 minutes later, I got a phone call. I was at a coffee shop with some friends and I didn't put two and two together. And so I was like, oh, like, let me step out and take this. Pick up the phone. And I forgot what he said exactly, but he made such a smooth introduction and then asked me out to a lunch date. And on that phone call, I found out that we went to the same church. He just went to a different campus. After the phone call, I was like, oh, like, this is perfect. We love a man who initiates and calls and makes reservations for a lunch date like that's unheard of go on the lunch date so respectful was a nice restaurant was just such a gentleman walking back to my car would call me text me and then the day after that he was like I had such a good time I want to take you out to dinner again and I was like oh he wants to take me out to dinner again made reservations at this really nice restaurant it just seemed like perfect I think it was after like the third 
time we went out to dinner, he started only inviting me over to his house. We were talking or whatever for a little over two months. I like started to bring up the conversation of like, hey, like, (laughs) what are we doing? Like, what are you interested in? And it was just always like avoiding the topic and then still just only inviting me over to his place, typically way later in the day. And I was like, I'm not no booty call. And it was starting to like really irritate me because I was really in my sad girl era, to be honest. I was just like really fed up with being single and just different things that were going in my life. I think that's why I was like compromising a little bit, even though I knew I don't think this guy really wants to date me. But here's what topped it off for me. I have two stories that happened literally back to back. During our second week of talking, he had texted me and he was like, hey, so I have a question. I was like, okay, like what's your question? He asked me if I wanted to go to a Braves game in a few weeks. And so of course, in my head, I'm like, oh, he's already thinking that we're still going to be talking in a few weeks. He totally likes me. And so I was like, yeah, like I would love to. And then he said, oh, um, also my whole family is going to be going to this Braves game. In my head, oh my gosh, this guy wants to take me to a Braves game that's in a few weeks away and he wants me to meet his whole family. Obviously, this guy is super into me and wants to date me. Still would avoid any conversation about making things official or like talking about anything in the future related. At the time, I was like, oh, like it's set. He likes me. I'm meeting his family. This is a few weeks out. He's not going anywhere. Like sealed the deal. Like I'm in. Side note, this maybe this is a story for another podcast, but once upon a time, I was in the talking stage with this guy and he came over to my apartment when I lived with my best friend. You know how best friends are. They want to get to know the guy. She looks at this guy, completely different guy. This was years ago. She looks at the guy that I brought over and she asked him, hey, so what are you majoring in? And I kid you not, he looked at her and he said, baseball. <laughs> and my friend gave me the look of like shame of what are you doing? And she asked him again. And she goes, no, like, I know you play that, but what are you majoring in? And he looked so confused. And he was like, baseball. I'm I'm majoring in baseball. <laughs> and my friend was like, oh, okay, then never mind. Um, this guy is now signed on to the Braves and he actually plays for the Braves. And so whatever, I guess if you major in baseball, you're going to make it. Here comes the day of the Braves game. I get ready. He gets ready. He tells me to meet him at his house. I go to his house. We're going to go to the Braves game from there. So I get to his house. We start driving. And on the way to this Braves game, he tells me, hey, we're going to go to the battery and meet some friends. I don't know why I didn't ask about the Braves game, but I was just in the moment. And so whatever, we're going to the battery. We get to the battery. We meet his friends. We all hang out for maybe, and I mean maybe, 30 minutes. After that, he looks at me and he goes, hey, you want to get out of here and go back to my place? Bro, his family was not even in town. I don't even know if his family lived there, but there was no Braves game. There was no family. We went to the battery for 30 minutes and then he wanted to go back to his place. And I say that because I believe this was like a mass manipulation move where he knew that if I felt like he wanted me to meet his family and he was planning that far in advance for me to do that, then that would make me think like, oh, he's for real serious about me. Um, No, no Braves game and no family. And then literally it was a few days after that, I had gotten in a car accident and I totaled my car. 
It wasn't my fault. Someone hit me. But anyways, I totaled my car. I had texted him that I got in an accident. And when I tell you that I hardly heard from this man for the next three days, didn't call me, didn't text me, none of that. I was so oblivious to what was going on and trying to make all of the excuses as to why it was okay that he wasn't checking up on me, even though we had been talking for quite some time. Oh, like he's a businessman because he was, he was very successful. Oh, like he's just working. Like it's totally justifiable. Like I totally understand. And then I like asked on my close friends list and I was like on Instagram, gave them a rundown and I was like, should I be concerned or like drop him if this guy isn't like reaching out to me? And all my friends were like, literally like hope, like what are you doing? Like this is out of your character. And I was like, I know, I know, I know. You're right. You're right. You're right. Full transparency, honesty moment. I had just gotten caught up in this idea of somebody being a really good guy and it seemed like all of the pieces were falling together that I did like I compromised on some of my physical boundaries I compromised on some of my morals it just got me into a position where I really felt worthless which is super vulnerable for me to mention but it's the truth like I've loved Jesus I've been following Jesus for almost 10 years now definitely had had a lot of shortcomings throughout my walk and in that time and in that period I knew that I loved the Lord. I knew the call of God that was on my life. I knew who I was. But because I compromised my morals and my values and I started losing sight of what a healthy relationship looked like and because I started losing sight of what's healthy and what's not and what's right and what's not, because I liked the attention and the things that this guy was doing, I made myself believe that it was okay and I made myself believe that it was normal. And so therefore, when he started only inviting me over like late at night, it made me really question myself of, man, like what's wrong with me? Or when there was no conversation of what we could be in the future, it was very much like, oh, like why am I not good enough? What's wrong with me? And that is just such a toxic mindset that the enemy would love to sneak his way into your life and make you believe. The enemy would love to sneak his way in to get you in a situation where you're compromising your morals, where you're in a position where it's going to make it seem like something's wrong with you, like you're not good enough. Like, If you were this or if you had this, then this person would want to make it official with you. And like all of that is just BS. It's not true. It's a lie from the pit of hell. The right guy is going to make it clear to you that he wants you and he's going to respect your boundaries. He's not going to make you compromise them. He's going to actually push you to uphold them. The week that I was going to call things off with this guy, like just for good, Mark, my husband now had slid in my DMs and I cut off things with that guy and I responded to Mark. We ended up FaceTiming a few days later and he flew me out to Seattle a month later. The rest is history. But what I'm getting at is if I would have continued to settle and I would have continued to compromise my morals and compromise my boundaries, if I didn't end the thing that I knew I wasn't supposed to be in, I never would have been in a position to meet my husband now. It's just crazy that I look back and I'm like, wow, like if I would have kept letting the enemy lie to me and thinking that this was okay and this was normal and that maybe one day he'll want to make it official, if I didn't cut it off and I didn't regain sight of my value and I didn't regain sight of who I was in Christ and who God had made me to be and I didn't have the confidence in that to break that off, I never would have met my husband. And after Mark and I started talking, this man 
Mark called me multiple times a day. He made it so evidently clear on our second FaceTime call. He was like, I want to fly you out. I want to pursue you. You are what I want. I was just like baffled of like, oh my gosh, like this really does exist. God really does care about these things. And God cares about showing you what is right when you've experienced what is wrong. And he will do it. But we have to have the responsibility in our hands and we have to take accountability to end those things that we know we shouldn't be in and to wait, not sit on our butts and do nothing and wait, but wait as in invest in ourselves. And hey, if you fall or like you find yourself in a situation like that, like I did, I am walking proof that God doesn't hold that against you. Okay. I was in a situation, if you want to call it, where I wasn't true to my boundaries, I wasn't true to my morals. Even though I wasn't true to those, God didn't withhold a promise from me. God didn't withhold his goodness from me. God didn't withhold redeeming something in me because I dropped the ball. And God's not going to do that for you. God is kind. God is gracious. God is a loving father who gives gifts to his children. And just because you might find yourself in a little toxic cycle, God's not going to withhold his goodness from you if you ask for it and if you want it and you want to move forward. That's what I experience. And I believe that that's what you can experience too. And in the waiting, it's not sitting around doing nothing, but it's asking God, what do I need to work on? What do you want to show me? What do you want to refine in me so that I can be ready when you bring my person along? Or maybe the prayer is, God, what do I need to end so I can be available to receive the person that you have had for me all along? There are so many things that go into single talking and dating. And I know we hit a lot on singleness and talking today, but this is just part one. Next week, we're going to have part two. We're going to hit on a little bit more of talking, but a lot of dating things to look for, boundaries to have, how to maintain those boundaries. It is going to be the whole deal. You do not want to miss it. And so once again, thank you so much for tuning in. I so appreciate every single one of you. I've been looking at our analytics and I see so many people from different countries and that is just incredible and amazing to me. And so I see you. I thank you. I am just so thankful. If you have any certain questions or things that you want answered or talked about on this podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out to podcast at hopemoquin.com and I'd love to talk to you and respond to you. But other than that, I hope you guys have the best week and don't forget, if there's no direction, then there is no date. See you next week. All right, bye. Bye.